guys, and welcome to Stacking Wisdom Podcast. Uh, my name is Artem. It's my brother Alex, with a co-host. And today we're joined with Matt. Uh, Matt was the one that created this piece for us right here, um, and he's also involved in a lot of other businesses too. So we thought it'd be really cool to invite him over and you know have him speak about this and his art and the, what else he does in terms of business and what other kind of ventures he's been involved in. So I'll, I'll give the platform. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Where do you want me to start? Right? Um, the yeah, I don't know. Maybe let's start off with this because it seems like the most appropriate, right? Okay. That's, that's like a conversation the, you yep. know, piece. So, so what inspired you to do uh, moose? Why the moose? We want, I wanted something Canadian but a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, I started this business about four years ago. Uh, a barn at my home farm where I grew up had fallen down a while ago and uh, my sister now lives there with her husband and I was there helping her clean up some of the wood and we were making a pile and burning some stuff and mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe I could make something out of some of this. So I took some pieces home and just kind of played around. I've always had a little workshop at home where I can do stuff in. And and I made some Canadian flags. And somebody said, oh, where'd you get that? And I told them I made it. And the next thing you know, I'm selling a few of them here or there. And then we wanted to, my eldest daughter has been helping me with some designs. And she said, should do some different things. So put a moose on one. And then now we have the red, white, and moose. That's kind of our So that our was mascot. The, first, the first original. The first original piece was okay, the moose awesome. on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a few different sizes we do. This is all painted on reclaimed barn wood. Mm-hmm. And it's painted by hand. And I actually use outdoor barn paint on it so that you could hang it outside if you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was four years ago. And now this is one of the more popular ones. The Canadian flag is the most mm-hmm. popular, just with the maple leaf on it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also do them in a just white and the, instead of the red on there and that's a little different too and it's it's a real Canadian folk artsy kind of movement mm-hmm. there's a lot of people looking for rustic kind of things to hang in their gardens and their cottages and I've and noticed there, so. that there's a lot of uh, kind of woodworking that's coming back in, into in, into sort of like a trend right with a lot of clocks and a lot of mm-hmm. just a lot of pieces that are made like handmade like tables and stuff like that but they do like some really incredible work mm-hmm. um, did you ever know like you had like some you know artistic side to you or was this something like that you always kind of had with you, or like in, just... in high school, I was I was always into art. Mm-hmm. I almost went to college for art, but my dad talked me out of it because he thought there wouldn't be any money in it. So Fair enough. <laughs> it just happens that I was thinking of going into animation, mm-hmm. and everybody who graduated when I would have went down and worked for Disney. So that would have been kind of neat. I would have yeah. been golfing instead of talking to you guys today. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I've always just kind of liked it, and I always had a sketchbook, and I'm just kind of doing stuff, but uh, never had time because I was busy with other things. And this gives me time to to do this and, and every piece is unique so mm-hmm. it's kind of neat to be able to do that and share it with everybody too. That's yeah. awesome. And Can you tell our audience just like about like some other designs that you came up with? Okay so um, the, the year that I started this and went to a lot we do a, we I say we my eldest daughter Leah goes with me because she likes to help me with this sort of thing mm-hmm. on weekends in the summer especially we'll do a bunch of craft shows and festivals mm-hmm. and uh, in Canada's sesquicentennial was the first year we really pushed mm-hmm. into that so that was mm-hmm. two years ago. And um, so Canadian, everybody bought everything Canadian, so that was great. Um, But since then, and even at the time, uh, people want things that are more personalized. So I might do one that might have their cottage name on it or family name or Mm -hmm. just just their name written on some some barn board and painted on. I have done uh, great big three by six world maps on barn board to hang up, like a headboard behind your bed or just Mm -hmm. as a a feature piece. I also make (coughs) coat racks using railway spikes for coat hooks and old uh, barn beams, mantles for barn beams. I made tables from 
barn doors and from planks and barns, mm -hmm. just anything rustic like that. And, and, and so if it's not personalized, like where do you draw inspiration for, for the um, stuff? Like, I mean, like, do you just try to go with something that you think it's going to sell or is, is it just based off of love for something? Like, what, like where do you get the well, inspiration? Well, the bigger things I have to, I have a sample one, I have a sample table that I mm -hmm. take to all my shows and we just work off of that. It's our workspace, but it's also, you know, this is a sample of what I can build for you. A lot of times people want something that's their own idea and they'll say, okay, well, if you've got a picture that you've got in mind, have you seen it somewhere? If you've mm -hmm. seen it online, just send me the picture and I'll see sure. if we can work with it. Um, the custom barn door tables, <coughs> I've made probably a couple dozen of those and I've got some bar a selection of barn doors at home and somebody says, hey, we're looking for a coffee table, kind of unique about this size. We'll just go look at the, the doors I have and see what will mm -hmm. work and yeah. So that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And we'll, we'll post all the links to everything in, in our video too that, that talks about this yeah. you know, on more details. The, the latest thing I've got is uh, a series of tavern signs that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I've made up some beer logos. Nice. And so, you know, there's a large mouth lager. There's one that's a moonshine kind of thing. There's some nice. wine ones and they're all rustic and they're yeah. unique because they, you know, everyone's hand painted, but they're just a little different than the other. So that's so cool. Those will be our next uh, thing to have this summer. So is this something fun or is this more like to like to sell to other businesses or like what, what is this? Uh, what, well, what was the purpose of something behind it? <laughs> I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun and no, it didn't, no, and it, and it didn't course, make yeah, money, yeah. right? Obviously, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I sell through, I have some whole, or some retail stores that I sell through, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. on consignment and some I just sell straight up to. Sure. And we have to kind of standardize what they sell because I can't have a hundred different products going in different directions course, for, yeah. to them. So I standardize, some of them will sell the moose flags and the mm -hmm. Canadian flags and the coat racks. And mm -hmm. if they want something custom, then we price it appropriately. And there's a, a couple of stores that have things I make just for their store mm -hmm. so that that line of products goes right to them. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got, you know, my website I have uh, that people can't order off of, but they can get my email address, see what I've got mm -hmm. there and contact me. Nice. And I'll make stuff for them. So yeah. that's awesome. And then, uh, how far do you usually go? Like in terms of like the shows? <coughs> Sticking to Ontario for shows because yeah. travel's a little far. Yeah, to go. I was gonna say. Yeah, um, but you're involved in all this stuff too, right? So, yeah, yeah. But this, but we're trying to geographically <coughs> spread ourselves out. So we'll do some in the Niagara area, some to the north a little bit, and some in southwestern Ontario as well, just so that we're spread out generally. Yeah, I was gonna say because Ontario is so huge, right? I mean, there's so much. Mm -hmm. More than uh, you know, up north. That's that's right. Most people in southern Ontario don't, don't even realize about probably half the time, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the area is a huge province. It yes. Really is. Yeah. The interesting thing about the craft shows is, uh, ten years ago, um, you could probably barely find one to go to a month, mm -hmm. and now every weekend you could go to two or three within an hour's driving distance because everybody wants to have one and seems to have one. It's the thing to do: get out, and walk around, get some fresh air, and yeah. see all these art, the these also. artisans that are out there, right? <laughs> and some of them get thousands of people to them, and they're just great. So, yeah, we've got about 15 lined up between now and September to go mm -hmm. to. So about every other weekend, starting in May, some inside, some outside, and uh, yeah. We're getting better at picking the better ones to go to, too. So that's awesome. Yeah, I noticed you're wearing, uh, you know, a real estate uh, cat uh, yep. there. So you're obviously involved in that too, right? So tell yes. Us more about that. Approximately ten years ago, I okay. uh, yeah. I started in that and um, been working from for Royal Page Brant mm -hmm. Realty in Brantford, mm -hmm. and uh, it's great business to be in. Um, you can be as busy as you want, and it works well with what I do because uh, it's not. It's not something I think I could do full time all the time, all year round, and right. and be consistent. I have other things going on, and uh, they understand that. There, my broker's a good guy, and and uh, I'm the rural guy in the office. I've sure. always grown up in a farm, yeah. so if they got any questions, I help them with that. And and I, 
I've sold things in the city and in the country and whatever. Had some good years doing it and mm -hmm. plan to keep doing it again. Well, you probably just have like a lot of you know really good experience working in the country too, just because you're familiar with it, right? So mm -hmm. that probably gives you an advantage. Yep. And somebody just coming in from like a city or a town, right? Yep. And I've town. always liked construction and mm -hmm. buildings, and we've renovated some homes too. So it's mm -hmm. nice to have that knowledge when you're going into that, and you sure. can help people out with those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, tell us more about like what, what, what's going on with the real estate like in rural areas. Like, because I know, like in the you know in the big metropolitan cities, it's it's going like very high end. Mm -hmm. like, is it sort of ca catching on too, or like, or how different is it? How diverse is it? Well, the mark the Brantford and market the market in Brantford right now is yeah. it's quite good. Right. It's still affordable, but right. it is higher than it has been the past few years. It's mm -hmm. been increasing, and the way I explain it to to people out there when they contact me for information is, uh, I'm guessing about four or five years ago, somebody in Toronto sold their house for more than it should have gone for. And a bunch right. of that happened as a, as a market value increased mm -hmm. there. Housing prices went up. Those people sold, they moved to Oakville. Those people sold, they moved to Burlington. Those That's people right, sold, right. and everybody came with a little more money than they started with. Yep. And it rippled out to Hamilton and Ancaster and out to Brantford. Yep. And we're seeing that ripple a few years later. We've been riding it, but it's starting to level off a bit. Right. And when you get out farther towards past Woodstock, mm -hmm. it's starting to level out. And you don't see as big a wave, mm -hmm. but we have seen some very good increases out that way. And uh, although it's still a very affordable place place to live. There's great growth in, in Brantford and in Paris right now, and mm -hmm. it's still within driving distance of the city if people need to drive into here to work. So we're seeing some... It sure is. Well, I yeah. came to pick up that piece for me. There you so, go. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> I, it's actually true what you're saying, because I know my mom, she... Uh, she she had a place in Oakville too, and then she decided to move on to like Waterdown, like you know towards mm -hmm. Hamilton that way. And it's, we've seen that you know we've noticed that with a lot of our neighbors too. They they buy a place, they stay there maybe seven six seven years, and they move on to like Hamilton and then further away. That's like right. Lancaster, like all those other cities too. Right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so it, it it is sort of a trend. I I, I totally agree with you. On that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is it is still increasing slowly, but it's mm -hmm. it's not like it was two or three years ago where it was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really insane. It caught everybody off guard, I think. But yeah. So what's the third business that you're involved in? So the other business I have has been 25 years now. Uh, it's a a um, retail management company, mm -hmm. and we do seasonal retail in mm -hmm. malls across Ontario. Right. And uh, that started because a friend of mine was involved in a business uh, that he had just started, and he needed someone at a location. And he asked me if I knew anybody in the Brampton area. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm not too busy this time of year. At the time, I was farming, and it's it was wintertime. It is, it is. <laughs> but I had friends there, and I was able to spend some time there and stay overnight, and I hired some staff to help nice. me out. Mm -hmm. And the, the business that, that business at the time was called Calendar Club. Mm -hmm. So Calendar Club of Canada right now is the company we're still involved with after 25 years. Mm -hmm. And there are, I think, 170 or 80 locations across the country now for that company. And mm -hmm. I look after a dozen of them in actually sort of the southern Ontario and up to Barrie mm -hmm. area. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it's really like spread out in yeah, southern Ontario. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so uh, in the malls we'll go in at, typically in October we will go in, set up a kiosk or a store, sell calendars, games and toys, and get out in January. Uh, occasionally we'll have a store that's open non-seasonally, we don't say permanently, we say non-seasonally, so through the summertime, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll still sell games and toys and some calendars in them as well. Mm -hmm. And the, the model is a consignment operator model, and I that's see, the yeah. way that my business has worked for that one. Mm -hmm. And we're paid a commission based on sales, mm -hmm. and we don't own the product or the fixtures in this mm -hmm. case, but we're responsible for them, so things that aren't there when they're supposed to be are mm -hmm. our responsibility. But we do have to cover the staffing, and that's always the biggest issue. Yeah, uh, We have go from zero, 
in September to 100 employees three weeks later. So it's that's a big deal. Yeah. Crazy, uh, yeah, that's probably the most stressful part. You know, <clears throat> We've been very lucky that the, the past three or four years we haven't had to hire any new managers for any locations. Right, so okay. so that's a big deal because the manager can help coach and teach and, course, and train yeah. everybody. Well, right? it's just the experience. I mean, it's just it's an no-brainer, right? So yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. So that same, that same company that I have has also uh, done quite a few other retail ventures. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done some kitchen concepts for Christmas time. Okay. We've done a Halloween concept as well, mm -hmm. where you have a 10,000 square foot store selling costumes and things for about eight weeks. Mm -hmm. um, we helped launch Virgin Mobile in Canada, and that was a three-year project until yeah, Bell bought that. them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was probably even more stressful than anything, because it was such a changing business when they first started. Everything Every week something was different, and mm -hmm. employees have to be uh, very well trained and knowledgeable, because as the industry grows, they have to be right on top of everything too. So, so. with the Virgin Mobile, like they, they essentially didn't have their own employees. It's, it's, it's That's as, right. though, as though they outsourced it. Yes, they started out uh, it, so. and opened a few stores as corporate stores and had a a, uh, a staffing company manage them. Sure. And then when they decided to grow, they needed a, a partner to, to grow with. So they approached the people that have the calendar club and said, well, and they said, well, we've got operators all across the country already in the malls with staff, so it'd be a good way to start. So it made sense. Yeah, and it made me start that way. So that was a real learning curve on our part too, because the most ambitious thing I think I've done is the Virgin was just so far out of the norm for us, because it yeah. was a year-round thing, and uh, but we knew it was going to be short-term, because Richard Brant's model is build something that is, you know, somebody else is charging too much for and then sell out to them after a few years after you get it going. That's kind of the way his thing goes. So yeah, right. we knew the end was near, but it was good for, for three years. Well, yeah. it's good that you studied <laughs> up on him because you obviously knew, knew exactly what was going to happen with it, right? Yeah. So yeah. at least you, you kind of had the expectation. Yeah. Um, so how did you, uh, you know, end up getting into these businesses? Like you were obviously working for somebody else before or doing something along those lines, right? I mean, like how does one go into, you know, get managing such like, I don't want to say random, but like such different businesses. Right, right? none of them tie. Like, they, they don't tie together yeah, they, they very really easily. Don't. It doesn't no. seem like also, it would. how do you like find the time to balance running each one? Well, yeah. that's the thing is people will say, oh, so you have three part-time jobs. And, well, some days I have three full-time jobs yeah. <laughs> all in one day. And you have to be confident and able to manage your time mm -hmm. and not over-promise yourself and over-commit in right. some situations. Um, real estate especially is a very, you're very committed when somebody asks you to help sell their house or whatever. I have a very good team of people I work with at my office in, in Brantford and um, any of the other realtors at Royal Page will help each other out in our office. So if I need somebody to cover an open house while I'm not there one day, that's great. But we all have phones, right? And my phone has, it's my lifeline for everything. And there's so much you can do digitally right now, although a lot of it is face-to-face -face and person-to-person. -person. Sure. I always explain to my clients that I, I do some other things too, I have other businesses, but they're number one when I'm sitting down with them and we make sure that happens. But I mean, for anybody who's trying to start out on something else, I might've done it a little differently because I wasn't working for a company or somebody else and then did something on the side until I got my feet under me and then left. I was already doing something on my own. I was farming at the time mm -hmm. with the family. And then we took on some of the calendar club things. And when that grew to a certain point, we decided we need to make a decision. And so we got out of the farm and just did that, right. expanded it because we had a, a year-round Christmas store in Stratford for about five or six years, which is a touristy kind of thing. No, for sure. So that was neat. And then at the same time, then Virgin Mobile came along. So we started doing that. Mm -hmm. And this happened kind of randomly, uh, kind of surprised me, but it's fun. So I like doing it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think for people who are looking for another business to get into or something to get into and they're unsure, um, I think a lot of people think, 
entrepreneurs are crazy and impulsive and they just kind of throw everything out there and and I'm more calculated in planning than that. I won't always be the first there. And one of my favorite expressions is um, the early bird may often get the worm but the second mouse always gets the cheese. So I would rather be the second mouse to the trap than eat worms. So uh, I'm always careful about that sort of thing and I test it out and Sure, there's big rewards sometimes if you throw everything in, but there's also a big failure possible too, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm pretty steady in the middle. I don't like the extremes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I like your strategic approach. I love the fact that you obviously look into businesses more than just, you know, for, for what it, the, you know, just for just the way it looks, right? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, like even with the Virgin Mobile, you, you researched it and you, you kind of knew where it was going to go. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, as far as the, as the businesses go, I mean, like, I, especially with like real estate, I can only imagine that you're probably just like some days you're, you'd have to commit a lot more into the real estate mm -hmm. as well, right? So that's right. Um, yeah. And I mean, it probably helps. And that's one of the things that I probably think that a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes you kind of have to have the ability to let go of things and like delegate yes. them, right? And, right. and sort of put the, your trust into other people because I think that a lot of the times, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're, they're very controlling yes. and they're very sort of hesitant to let go of that control right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah. one of the things that i've noticed is that it's just better just to kind of put that trust into people and when you do they want to like deliver for you they want to do get those good results yeah. because they want to you know gain that recognition it doesn't necessarily even have to always you know translate into like financial you know right. Right? Mm -hmm. so it's more of just them actually going out and actually doing something that they, they feel like they're a part of, right? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, as far as you being in business, how long have you been in business together then, I guess, with um, the different, you know? So the three, well, the retail business so I've got is 25 years this mm -hmm. year, is the longest. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, and before that was probably four or five years since I've worked with somebody, or for somebody directly. Right. So I haven't had a boss in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it true to some extent though, like that your customers sort of become like your boss a little bit? Too? Yes. But especially like with the real estate. Yeah, right? it's a total service business, yeah. right? And that's what I tell people, they, you know, I give them my opinion of what their house should sell for in the market today. Mm -hmm. And of course, most people think it's always a little higher. And I say, yeah. well, I'm working for you. But we have to have a plan in case your plan doesn't work, sure. right? Yeah, of course. So yeah. you always have to have a plan B and C and D because it doesn't always work the way the you want it to. The alphabet plan, right? The alphabet, the whole alphabet plan, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and another way that the businesses all are tied together is that whenever I contemplate something else, I think of, well, what tools I've already got that I can share that I'm not making complete use of. I mean, mm -hmm. if you any entrepreneur, anybody who's starting a business for themselves, they've, well, they've got a phone. Well, there's one more thing you don't have to, you can use that same phone for more than one thing. You've got a computer, you maybe have a home office, I've got tools, I've got a trailer that I pull with my truck, so I'm not using it every day. Maybe that's something I use when I do some of this because I can go and collect barn board and, and that sort of thing and I already had it for my other business. So people don't realize that if they can share those things amongst them all, then that, that really lowers your overhead when you can do that sort of thing, right? And time is the biggest one. People think they don't have any time. Well, if you work 35 or 40 hours a week, I tell you, there's a lot of time left in the week. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's just, just that I think that they're, they're just not in that mindset where they mm -hmm. they just tell themselves, you know, I need to keep going. I need to dedicate myself to this. I need to, you know, take care of that. Yeah. It's more just like, well, I worked hard enough. I, I can take a break now, right? And it, just, it becomes like a seven or eight hour break and then you that's right. sit there, watch TV, or you just consume, right? So yep. that's... Well, I was, last week I was on a golf trip in the States with some buddies of mine who are all in similar businesses mm -hmm. who I know from all these businesses that we've worked in, in the past and 
we went during the week because that's when we can go. Mm -hmm. And we all joked, okay, time to go back to work. It's tomorrow's Saturday, you know, sort of thing. And mm -hmm. that's that's the way it is. And one guy had his computer down there and spent some time doing some of his accounting work. And nice. and that's just the way it is. And we always joke that, uh, you know, an entrepreneur is somebody who gives up their 40-hour-a-week job to work 80 hours a week. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, it isn't pretty, always it like really that, is, but sometimes, really is, sometimes no it is. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> how do you right. how do you find balance with like life and like you know the family and like whatever else? <laughs> I mean, because there's obviously you know sometimes that you got to dedicate to that too, right? Yeah. So it's, stuff yep. gets in the way occasionally too with family, of course. Well, mm -hmm. in in uh, in my case, the uh, our girls have all grown up mm -hmm. with me doing this, and sure. I was worried when they went out and got jobs of seeing that you know when when they had a school trip. I could take a weekday off and go to school trip, no problem. Or when uh, it was time for vacation, we just kind of planned it and went. And now they've got jobs where they have to book their holidays and, and that sort of thing. But they seem to have adjusted quite well to it. In fact, two of them both have done stuff on the side already as well to their awesome. real careers, which is great. But so yeah, you inspired them in a sense too, right? Maybe, I think so, yeah. And I mean, Leah works quite a bit with me on this and mm -hmm. the others have helped out as well too. So, mm -hmm. so that's good. Um, maybe one day she can take over with this, right? You never know, <laughs> you never know. Like, well, that goes on a permanent golf trip, right? Maybe, yeah, it might be. I don't think she's gonna let that happen, no, no. But I mean, um, even like we use some technology and website and design and mm -hmm. stuff like that that my, my daughter does and, and uh, I'd rather be out there doing this than you know, sitting in on a computer yeah. doing some sort of things. Although um, I should probably learn a little more about it than I do. <laughs> but it, yeah, the balance thing, it's, um, you just make sure you can make the best time of when you have the time, right? Mm -hmm. And that everybody understands that that's, that's the way it works. And, mm -hmm. and you make work fun too and get people involved in it. If your family's involved in it, sometimes that's, that's good as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Did you have any mentors along the, like the way that could kind of helped you, helped to guide you, like, you know, with the, the I always say that the, the, boss I had that taught me the most, his name was Morley Islet, mm -hmm. and he was a dairy farmer when I was growing up in, in St. George, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And I worked for him for a few summers through university and, and in high school. And uh, his work ethic was, you know, let's just get the job done. We spent mm -hmm. long hours, but it was never never too tough that you wanted to give up. Mm -hmm. But it, it, was, it was sometimes fun and you're always learning something and he always had something he appreciated having help. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a rotten boss and it was mm -hmm. just, he was just a, a good guy to work for. And he, like, I mean, I grew up on a farm at home and my dad was a, a teacher and he had, we had a hobby farm. I, I'd call it a hobby farm. He might thought it was more full time because he spent a lot more time working, but it was an apple orchard. So in the summer he had time to do that too. Mm -hmm. And growing up on the farm at home too, we were, the deal was uh, you work in the morning, in the afternoon you can go fishing or whatever, right? So there was a bit more balance there too. But uh, yeah, my dad was a hard worker and uh, it's, he, there you go, he had more than one job too, right? He, mm. His dream was always to be on a farm and he was a teacher and my mom was a teacher before she had kids too. So mm. it was a great growing up because being in rural Ontario, you know, we could, we had ponies, we rode, rode them around on the farm and rode our bikes mm. to town or to play sports or whatever like that too. So it was completely like different. Than, yeah. yeah, it was <laughs> completely different than growing up in this city. Yeah. And I have a brother, an older brother, and three younger sisters. And my youngest sister is still on the farm, so that's kind of neat. Get mm -hmm. to go back there and, and visit. Mm -hmm. yeah. do, you, do you feel like maybe your parents sort of encouraged a lot of the education onto you as well, to to be sort of sort of you know learn things, to read books, whatever it might be. I, mean, I was never a reader. I was I was not the uh, I was not the best scholar in our family. <laughs> my, my brother was way ahead of me on that line. Okay. So. Um, but, you know, getting through the University of Guelph, I took a more practical approach to the education there and, and to farming and used some of that when I got out. And then, uh, but I was, uh, I was always outside as a kid or sports or something like that. And, 
and I think that's just important as as the education part of it too. You know, oh, mm-hmm. to, to say physical, of course, I, I think mm-hmm. that's, it, it can play a really big role, mm-hmm. and I think it, it builds up a lot of character, especially if you're involved with teams or team sports mm-hmm. and stuff like that too, right? So. Yeah, you can definitely resonate to, to business a lot. And that's that's the other thing that this allows me to do when you can kind of choose your own schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a member of the Optimist Club in our town, and I like to give back doing that, running programs with them. And, so tell me and more about that. What's so that? the Optimist Club's motto is friend of youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in the town of Burford that I live in, uh, our club, I've been a member since the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, we raise money and put on programs for kids in the community. So we'll have an Easter egg hunt. We have a breakfast nice. with Santa. We sponsor awesome. almost every sports program in the community you can think of and uh, you know uh, we have some bursaries for kids going to college for things and that sort of thing so it's a lot of fun we get a lot of guys in the club who have been doing it a long time and uh, yeah it's just to a give good back to the community I yeah. think that you know a lot more people should, should get involved with that because I think you can make so much more connections too and you can, you can mm-hmm. make, make that's lot, right too you can meet a lot of people right yeah so yeah. Especially for you, somebody like that's involved in real estate, it's probably very beneficial yeah. to you. Yeah, in a small town especially, yeah. you know, you get your, your names in the paper regularly for that sort of thing. And nice. and I don't think that a lot of people in my community know that I do this. Really? So this year I'm going to have an open house, like a workshop open yeah. house, and have people in to see what's going on. I that's awesome. We'd love to, uh, to you know, promote the, the open house for you. Yeah, I'll give you the what, dates. What are you, what are you planning on doing sometimes in the uh, It'll be in sometime in May, so I'll get you okay. the information when we get it figured out. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do with the workshop? Like, what, what's the agenda? Uh, I just want to have my stuff out so everybody can see sure. see what's going on, um, and and I've got a lot of extra things at home I want to get rid of. So I'm going to have a garage sale. Fair day, enough. But <laughs> so, so it's kind of like half garage sale, half, half the, that, the art thing. That's right. right. So, There's yeah. a hidden agenda there, but but not and, really. And, but that's right. It's all art too. It's all, it, that, it all <laughs> it's an old saw. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, I painted it myself when I was 11. Yeah. But I, I just yeah. want. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice to just have the stuff out so people can see what's going on. And yeah. And like you said, another reason to be in touch with everybody in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when our kids played soccer, I coached soccer for about 15 years and was president wow, of the organization okay. for a nice. while too. And that's that was just recreational within our community and a couple neighboring communities. It wasn't on a very high level, but it's good to be with the kids and see them grow and do all kinds of perform. So. Well, it's, it's funny because I'm sure you run into a lot of them. Like as they, as they oh yeah, up, right? I mean, yep. there's a couple they, couple that have right? that have needed houses, right? When they get to the right age, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep, that's right. So tell me more about the actually working with wood because I know like you know with a lot of a lot of masters, a lot of people that are involved in it, they, they kind of they're very it's it's a like very like uh, in, intimate thing almost, right? Because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. working with a piece of wood. It's like I I, I don't really even know how to describe it because I I know. My mom, she used to um, she used to make some documentaries and stuff back in the day. And she one of the things she's done was she worked with somebody who used to create mirrors. Okay. And it was a very like complex process, but there was a lot of you know chemicals and whatnot that they're involved in it too. And you know, mm-hmm. but it was very kind of it's almost like you see your own reflection in those things, right? So it's like mm-hmm. you're giving giving it, you're creating life almost to some extent. Yeah. But it's here, it's like it's a little bit different because you're repurposing older wood, right? It's it's mm-hmm. kind of was gonna either go into a fire or, you know, yeah. into a scrapyard or probably not even going to, you know, have a second life. So mm-hmm. how do you, I mean, obviously you, you had the access to, you know, that old barn house that, that sort of fell apart to, you know, utilize that, that wood. But do you like, obviously, you know, since then you've had to go out and outsource for additional stuff. And like, how, how do you, tell us more about the process and, you know, okay. cause, cause I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than, you know, 
just taking up a bunch <laughs> of boards and just painting them. And because I mean, you gotta have some sort of a mo motivation and drive to make twenty or thirty copies of this. And I know every single one of them is, is unique, right? Yeah. Every single one of them has a different wood, wooden pattern, right? So, so if you look at at the wood in this, yeah. it's full of nail holes and yeah. knot holes, and, and that's why every piece is different. This this was actually made using. Uh, wood from the roof of a barn. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of nails in it because yeah. over the hundred years that barn was around, mm. they when they change the roof, they don't pull all the old nails out necessarily. Sometimes yeah. they're still stuck in. I pull most of the nails out of the wood that I get. Mm -hmm. I source my materials from a couple of guys that I know who their business is taking old barns and old buildings oh, apart. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, not and the type of wood that I, I always pick the best pieces that are most character. You can even mm -hmm. tell in this one, the top there where the wood's all worn away, there's probably a leak in the roof there and it started mm -hmm. to eat the eat the wood away. Yeah, no, I've, um, I've, I've been, the more time I've been spending in this, in this uh, room here, <laughs> the more I end up looking at this piece. And every single time I look at it, it looks, it looks completely different. It, it's yeah. funny that way. And, yeah. and so basically in this, with this type, I make three different sizes. This is the medium size. There's one that's a little bigger. It's about 48 inches across. And there's a smaller one because not everybody has room for something this size. But I do need to, from that's the marketing end of me, need to standardize it so that I can have maybe three price points instead of 10 price points within the sure, same right. range, right? Yeah. I also don't like to cut the wood laterally like this because, or long, long like this because I like to see those old edges in here too, right? And leave a little space in them. Um, there are there's some other products I have that are they're more square like the bar signs the tavern signs they're more square 23 by 23 mm -hmm. so I have to use a different kind of wood for that that's not as rough or sand it some more mm -hmm. that sort of thing but basically now when I get a piece of wood when I go, I'll go through the process I the fellow one of the fellows will call me say we got a barn coming down do you want to come and pick out what you want and, mm -hmm. and I'll go and see what I need and I'll fill my trailer up and pay him for it bring it home but then it all has to be washed so I can't do that in the winter time because it has to dry out. So the mm -hmm. next sunny day we get, I'm gonna go to the big pile I've got in my yard which hasn't been washed yet and I scrub it down with a brush by hand with the detergent and, mm -hmm. and a, so kind of a disinfectant and let it air dry in the sun and it sits out there for a day or two before I bring it inside for storage. And I can look at the piece and I can tell by looking at it, well that would fit well with this type of thing or with this one and I try and match them up so that you know, maybe the, all the rough pieces are on one. Some people want one that's as smooth as this table. It's, do you want me to paint it on plywood for you or what? So they just don't want as many holes in it. Yeah, so that's why I always try and have a selection of them all with them. And if I've got a new design coming up, then I try and find the right wood for that as well. To some extent too. Yeah, yeah to make sure there's a variety. But when I fill my trailer up to go to a show, I'll have, you know, half a dozen of these in this size and each size. And yeah. the more products I get, the more I have to try and it must be quite a difficult bit. process loading up the, the truck and the, taking it to every single <laughs> location every weekend, right? The, uh, I set up a 10 by 20 booth typically mm -hmm. at a show. Mm -hmm. it, it's built to be inside of a tent. So I have a tent that goes over the top, but then I take timbers and barn wood around and I build this barn basically that I'm going to hang all these on the wall mm -hmm. of when I get there. Mm -hmm. And then t two days or a day later, take it down, put it back in the truck, and then the next weekend off we go. And that's that's like from my seasonal retail where we go in and we build a kiosk and it mm -hmm. takes about four or five hours to completely build and set up a kiosk, that's kind of where that mindset came from is if I can do that in a mall, I can do this in a field in, at a winery or wherever they're doing the show, right? So it almost grounds. calls for like you setting up some sort of like a gallery or something. I, I think maybe that's what you should consider doing <laughs> eventually with time, right? Because I mean, instead of having to, you know, go on and like load up yeah. the, the, the piece every single time, maybe just... 
dedicated part of your house, your home to, to that, right? So. Yeah, my basement's empty. Maybe I'll do it in the basement. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You also uh, make like different uh, carved out kind of organic designs, or are they all just kind of square and rectangular? Um, I have done some. Uh, one of the things I make is a it's a smaller version of the Canadian flag, but I cut the the maple leaf out of actual mm -hmm. red barn board from an old red barn. Mm -hmm. So it'll have the original paint on it and put mm -hmm. that on. Then I did a That's line awesome. for Christmas as well with a Christmas tree on it and I'll mm -hmm. do some for other seasonal stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Just always trying to have something new like that. And almost every show we go to, someone will ask me, oh, have you ever tried to this or could you make that? And mm -hmm. you see a picture of it and you think, oh, yeah, I probably could make that. You use a lot more ideas of that. That's right. That way, That's mm -hmm. right, yeah. Yep. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So with, with the responses that you've been getting, I mean, obviously you've, you were, when we were talking originally, when I uh, inquired about this piece, you mentioned that you send a lot of stuff to, uh, overseas as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. So the web exposure is really good, and face, yeah. Facebook and Instagram, we've mm -hmm. got some good following there. Um, but we get a lot of Canadians who are traveling or have relatives in other mm -hmm. countries will purchase one to take along to leave there. And, so, and plus I also have sent some as well. One of the big sellers is... For people who live in another country but have a Canadian tie, is we'll blend a Canadian flag with, say, the Union Jack or mm -hmm. with another flag of another country. And I've probably sure. done 30 different variations of that with 30 different countries. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, that's where those flags end up. So there's we've got pictures. Someone sent us one from South Africa. They've got wow, it there. Okay. I've sent a few to England. There's one in New Zealand. There's one in Australia. All over the States. People who travel to the States and want a little piece of Canada mm -hmm. to be taken with them, mm -hmm. then they choose it's, one it's and take it It's funny how small this world is becoming, right? And yeah. But I mean, Canada is always going to stay on that, so, you know, in that the, the good image, right? So, yep. oh yeah. I mean, yep. it's 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 changed quite a bit. I mean, in the last 20, 30 years, I mean, with you know the things happening in the world, I mean, it's we. I don't want to get political and stuff. <laughs> but it, it, it's irrelevant to the show, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Canada just always had that perception of just nice, very happy people that always kind of you know mm -hmm. just uh, always were very happy and pleasing to a lot of other people, right? And yep. they, they always got along with everybody else. So. I mean, it, it still is is that in a lot of sense, but um, it's just it's just funny how how it you know how it spreads all ac across the globe now with everybody, even somewhere in some places like South Africa. That, that's yep. pretty wild. And that that red Canadian maple leaf is iconic, and people oh, recognize okay. that right away. It's not yeah, like yeah. some other countries' flags where you're not sure which country <laughs> it is. You know, when you see that flag, that's where it's from. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because I I know that uh, there's a huge um, fascination with um, the maple leaf uh, or, maple, or maple tree from you know w with a lot of uh, people coming from Japan yeah I know there's like sometimes they'll send even tour buses full of people just to come and take pictures of it when the leaves start changing right? that's right yeah. uh, it's, it's it's pretty incredible because a lot of the times they'll take a vacation I think they have like a very short vacation a lot of them I think it's anywhere between one or two weeks mm -hmm. throughout the year and they only get that and then a lot of the times they'll actually take a specific trip to a country where they can just observe nature. So it's, that's right. It's, it's kind of wild how they, they're really just fascinated with a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, things that it seems so simplistic and we, they, we, we take for granted. That that's right. They, they like really enjoy it. It's, it's kind of always been a fascination for me that, you know, what you stay in, in touch with the nature and, uh, it's, it's kind of close to me as well because my, uh, my uncle and my, my grandfather used to go, go hunting as well. And I, I think that's, the first time I tried moose meat, what was I think probably the most incredible thing that I've, <laughs> that I've ever had before. So, like the whole like hunting aspect of it, and like the woods and the wild, kind of always been close to me. So 
soon as I saw I saw the moose, I'm like, I, we got, we got, yeah, we, we just kind of resonated with me. So I'm like, we must have it. And I'm like, and not only that, like it's it's different from your typical maple leaf, mm-hmm. but yet it's still you know that it represents Canada, right? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. it's always been kind of like you know, so something that would resonate with me, but at the same time would be, you know, something that's can still represent the country. It can still represents, um, you know, the people, but also be an interesting focal point for for, for our show. Yeah. So I, I want to thank you for you know. Allowing me to to take this piece from from your home, yeah, no problem, and, and having it, yeah. Um, how do they get? Uh, you know, how do they find you online? Like, where where, where are the so my website is mjonescreations.ca. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're also under the same name on Facebook and on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the best way to get a hold of me through one of these those three sites. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and contact me and tell me what you want. I've got on my website. It tells you where you can buy. We're just now mm-hmm. listing the shows that will be at this summer. My workshops in Burford. Sure. It's just a workshop. You've seen it. I don't have mm-hmm. a storefront. So if somebody wants to come and choose something out, they need to contact me to make sure we can set up an appointment to mm-hmm. be there. Um, I've also got a few stores that carry my products so I can direct them to one of them if it's nearby them. It's mm-hmm. better than coming out. But we're going to try and do, s- we've got shows in southwestern Ontario and up in Barrie. Kempenfest is a big one. We go to Winona Peach Festival and a couple nice. more further down in the Niagara area this year too. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to cover all the bases for that. Tell me more about, I guess, uh, responses from people about this piece, you know, like the, the actual creations themselves and what, what kind of, you know, what kind of reaction are you getting? Because I, I'm, I'm sure it's it's kind of hard to translate them because you've, you meet so many people, but at the same time it kind of allows you to network and meet a lot of folks out there. The, right? uh, the one thing we get is people are still really driven towards the rustic mm-hmm. element and it's sure. a real, still a real following for people who want something rustic for their cottage or right. their home mm-hmm. or they, uh, they want something that's maybe unique and that's what, that's what we're offering here. Um, the, uh, the, some people are awfully surprised to see it and it's my intention to make something that looks like it's already 100 years old mm-hmm. but it's new, right? Nice. So it's a new creation that looks old. And there's a real process, to, and I'm not going to go into it as to how I make it look like this because I don't want to give that away. Yeah, it's a secret sauce, right? That's right. We're not going to talk about that. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's inevitable at any show we go to, somebody will walk up and they'll be looking and they'll look at the price tag, and, and one of them will lean over and say, You could do this, right? You could, you could just do it. And then they go, Oh, yeah, sure. Go right ahead. You know, I've yeah. seen people try, but try it out. It's, uh, it's working good for me now, and I just want to keep the ball rolling and getting bigger. And, and I don't know. If it's going to take over one of my other businesses, so I don't have time, or I'm going to need a helper to help me do this sort of stuff, I really like doing it. Part of the nice part is being able to do it on your own and creating something on your own. That's why we have the name Creations, because mm-hmm. it is started as a old piece of wood that someone right. was going to throw away. Yes. Yeah. So do you think it's, it's it. somehow related to the fact that you were raised, you know, on, on the farm and like you know, integrated into like the whole like rural area aspect of it, like you know, you working with your hands and actually creating something? Because I think that's a lot of that art is sort of going away because it's everything's you know going on the phone now and everything's becoming mm-hmm. very digitalized so that's it's, right it's very different to to have somebody who's involved in like you know three different businesses but yet still has the you know the the, the ability to kind of go out and actually create things by hands right I mean mm-hmm. you, you are with the process the way you've explained it I mean you know if it takes you at least half a year just to even wait for the wood to you know mm-hmm. to be washed off and properly prepped it's almost like I, I 
I don't really know other words how to say it, baby. But it's almost like giving birth to like you know to, to, to something else again, right? Well, so I've got a, back to life. I've so, got yeah. some wood outside that I yeah. just can't wait to get <laughs> washed and ready because I see it sitting there and I think, oh, that's going to make a nice whatever, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's just right. I got it, but I got to wait till the weather to turn a little bit until uh -huh. we can get into it. And then when mm -hmm. summer comes, every nice sunny day, there's if you drove past my place, you'd see all these boards lining up, mm -hmm. leaning up against my shop. And that's the one nice thing is I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have the space at home to do it right. mm -hmm. because I cannot see myself driving to a workshop somewhere to spend a couple hours doing mm -hmm. something and then somebody calls me and I've got to go to a meeting for something else. Yeah. Here I can do it all from my home and uh, it's, you know, if I need to put another coat of paint on something, it's two minutes out my back door and I'm able to do it while, while I still listen to the ball game on the radio or, or whatever, <laughs> right? Nice, so nice. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's handy to be able to do it from... From my home, and in small town, we've got a big enough place we can we can do that in, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you're in a subdivision somewhere, your neighbors not may not like you running a saw until ten o'clock at night <laughs> or or whatever, but yeah, mm -hmm. it works out well for me. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Yeah. Did you? Did you, did you uh, I don't know. I mean, I think with any kind of artist, it's it's almost like you're putting a little piece of your soul into it, right? Mm -hmm. Did you feel like that? Did you do that with with your art as well? Or? Well, yeah, and every time you like, whenever I make them and they turn out nicely, and you see them. When I'm filming the truck up to go to a show, it's like, oh yeah, that's a cool one. Oh yeah, that one's. So it's like you're making Pinocchio like, oh, yeah, it's, like it's, like, yeah. it's like you're carving <laughs> out these like little yep. wooden boys. Yeah, <laughs> and like I was mentioning earlier before we started, it sometimes you know, especially through the winter, when I don't have an event to go to and I'm just making inventory in the shop, you get stuck in there in a rut, right? And it's like, oh, I'm just make another one of these. Oh, I'm making another one of those and this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. How many of those do I need? And then you go out to a show and see people appreciate your work and mm. talk about things, right? And yeah, and yeah. Uh, they all want to know, you know, same questions you're asking, right? And you end up talking to people and some people yeah. you know, pick one up there or every show we go to, people have to go home and think about it and measure and then mm. the next week uh, we get sales Tell out of the same thing. Tell us some interesting things. stories about, you know, those trade shows that you... Well, not, not trade shows, but those fairs that you go to. Yeah, because I was, I was going to say, like, probably, like, one of the best parts of, you know, being in this business is that, like, you're not only creating something on your own, but, like, also having the experiences meeting people and, yeah. you know, getting to know their stories as to why they purchased a specific one of your designs. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people now are asking for something personalized, too, because mm -hmm. just an original isn't good enough. They want to have something they special on it. Everybody else that's something separate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've done... Um, pieces with the family name on them and yeah. uh, um, or um, let's see what else was there a few uh, oh one of the one of the better shows is that we go to I mentioned was in Barrie mm -hmm. and there's a lot of cottage country people mm -hmm. come up oh, there sure, so yeah. had met a guy there and we made a four by eight Canadian flag for him to hang on the side of his cottage because he wanted the guy on the other side of the lake to be able to see it. But <laughs> 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 it was hanging on his cottage. So that was kind of trying to one up with That's there. right. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, and the, the people that uh, want two flags or sometimes three flags mm -hmm. blended blended into one because their family is made up of different um, nationalities and I think that's kind of neat because it gives me a little chance to be a little more artistic than mm -hmm. just follow a a plain ordinary whatever it was flag yeah. and I think we've got pictures on my website of all those different um, international flags and, yeah, and some different stuff like that too. I think you do some of the stuff with like sports teams too right yeah mm -hmm. you've yeah, got to watch the licensing there <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, for sure <laughs> but everybody wants something something yeah. different um, yeah. tables and benches and that sort of thing everything is very rustic I do it's yeah. not it's finished so that it's, it's. I mean, you're not gonna get splinters. You can you sure. can eat off of everything, but it looks like it was a door when it right. when the top was a door. It still looks like a door. Um, I'm I'm not as fussy and a finishing carpenter like some guys are, where they can do something like that. Sure. But I have made. Uh, uh, now I sell a, a live edge 
cheese board with a, a wooden knife I've made to, to cut cheese on, that sort of thing. Just something to round out the yeah. the category when we're selling at some of these shows and, and fill up the booth a little bit. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get stuck in into just one thing because uh, people are always looking for something different. So mm -hmm. that's where we get that, yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, going back to what you were saying with personalization, I, I think that it's, it's really headed towards that. And I think that a lot of, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, the fact that we have too much of a consumerism in society nowadays, it's its everybody's trying to create something or have something that's really personalized, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it's just, it, it seems like it's really headed in that direction anyway. So it's its kind of like the anti-movement against the consumerism, right? A that's bit, right. In a way, that, so that, 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 that's almost sort of funny. Tell us about when you were a kid. Like, what was your what were your aspirations? What did you want to get into? <laughs> I had no Cause, idea. Because I mean, I mean, you, you said that you you know you, you were trying to get into art and stuff, right? Because you yeah, did yeah. You always have that, that entrepreneurial sort of drive. Or, I I don't know. I mean, we we had uh, from being on an apple farm growing up. So, so it's that eliminate it states. Sort, it was, well, it was sort it was of. It's a little yeah. more of an upgraded version. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but we were always, you know, there was always money changing hands and you always yeah. had, it's kind of like a market garden yeah, kind of right. environment. And, and that was always kind of neat. And But I I don't know, growing up was just, you're just growing up and having fun. And I never really thought a lot about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Aspirations like now, my kids are supposed to know and before high school what they want to do when they're done university. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, wow, that's, that's pretty heavy I mean we didn't have any aspirations like that it was yeah I guess I'll go to university you know I, I think with a lot of high school kids now that they're trying to put them into um, programs where they, they go and actually you know experience working firsthand which I think is mm -hmm. is kind of great because um, I think the market is just so overly saturated with so many people that, that want to get into jobs right and you see like it's, it's not really uncommon to see somebody who has like a master's degree that works as like say like a barista and like and you know at Starbucks but then it, it, seems, it seems like with you, a lot of stuff sort of really came naturally. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just, I don't know if it's maybe a generational thing, maybe to some extent, because it was a lot more easy going and like not really as crazy. But I think also coming from maybe a rural area, it's it's never it was never really like, you know, go, 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 like, like it is in maybe cities like Toronto or something. Yeah. Right? It was a little bit more of like, a, I don't want to say take it easy because I know that, you know, a lot of farmers, a lot of rural area there's a lot of really really hard working people right i mean yeah, it's, sure. there's no doubt about that it's just I, I think that it was just the lifestyle itself was a little bit more of a slow pace to some extent yeah. in, in that sense it's there's work to do you do the work and mm -hmm. when there isn't work to do then you find work to do yeah <laughs> i think probably also because you're probably surrounded by nature too right mm -hmm. to, to some extent because you're you're not that far away. You're not so distancing yourself so much from, you know, living in just like a cinder block somewhere yeah. in the middle of nowhere where you're isolated. You go outside and you, you jump on a, you know, subway and go yeah. to your job and come back and you're yeah. just eating your microwave stuff, right? <laughs> Dinners and whatever. It's, yeah. it, it's just a, such a like contrast. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I spend a lot of summers in the summer homes and with my grandparents. So I, I've kind of experienced a lot of, uh, you know, not being able to, yeah. to, to go on stuff like this and, Stuff like this, it seemed like, you know, it was somewhere in a very, very far distance, you know, like future. It was never like a, th a thing like that. I think that's a lot of the youth are just overly saturated and, you know, overly confined to, to this, you know, mm -hmm. nowadays. And it's like by that, I mean the cell phone because I whoever's not watching the show, <laughs> they won't really realize what, what I'm talking about. But uh, I'm talking about the cell phones. And I, th I think that's it's just taking away so much attention, uh, you know, of people away from you know, things that matter, families, you know, nature, friends, mm -hmm. going out and experiencing things and just being out like, you know, 
being able to get on a bicycle and just go with your friends and ride for 10 kilometers somewhere, yep. right? And have fun and come back really late at home and yep. get your your butt whipped by your parents <laughs> and, you know, be really dirty and so, you know, go swimming in the lake somewhere. It's, yep. it's, it's not like that anymore. And it's crazy because I'm sure in some countries it might still be like that to some extent, but it's just... Like we've yeah. just kind of lost touch with so much of the like the natural stuff. It's, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I mean, cell phones are a great tool, but mm. you're right. I mean, it's, we're way too dependent on some of that stuff. However, they're great when I have the app that I can plug my get paid when I go to a show <laughs> because that and everybody who looks on my website. I mean, that's awesome and stuff. Right oh, there. I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not yeah. disqualifying it as, as a great tool. I mean, yeah. I think you, especially nowadays you can. You can essentially have your office with you with this right. at all times. It's yep. not like you ever have to kind of you know go to your house where you have a, a wired connection right. to, to your old dial-up phone, <laughs> yep. right? So where yep. you have to, you can send them one or two emails to some potential clients or whatever it might yeah. be, right? So it's yeah. it's crazy. Yep. I, the I good just, old days of the party line and maybe <laughs> I'll call somebody and they don't even have an answering machine, right? So yeah. you might not hear from that's your right, friend right. for a week. Yeah. Uh, when your friends just you know when they got the, those cordless phones just. For the first time, and it seems like something from the future. That's right. That's crazy. <laughs> no, that, that's why I like the concept of also kind of keeping nature close to you, and yep. the, the fact that you're, you know, giving new life to a lot of things that are sort of already kind of discarded to some extent, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's. I like the fact that some businesses are, you know, adapting that as a sort of a strategy for them to actually do something with things that are, you know might be rejected by somebody else and you actually reutilize it and repurpose it. And I think that's very resourceful of, of people and of us as humans to kind of not just always be in this like crazy consumerism society where we're, we're buying one thing, it breaks in the year, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be like a tablet or something, right? And you toss it in the garbage and you go on, you move on to the next best thing, right? So yeah. it's, always, it's always good to just kind of have that ability to, you know, to use your mind for something better and to actually reutilize something and work with your hands and give giving something new life. And I think yep. that a lot of that is has sort of been going away because of the technological advances, but at the same time it's great to to kind of have people like you, you know, still staying, you know, in, in touch with you know, the concept of nature and, and or like bringing back life to something else like that, mm-hmm. right? So Yeah. And reclaimed is is big. People yeah. like stuff. They like mm-hmm. the fact that you're salvaging it from going to the dump or somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a selling point, but it's also kind of neat that we're able to save some of this old stuff and it wasn't any good to anybody else in some cases, right? So, so we're able to salvage it and make something out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you like to golf in? Well, I didn't like. Well, I liked golfing in Myrtle Beach. Did you actually yeah. like golf the first time you tried it, or what? Well, tell, tell us more about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people they, they like golf now. They, they never really liked it in the beginning, right? So yeah. I've never been a serious golfer. When I was yeah. in, working in sales, of course, there's a lot of opportunities to golf. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, and you're athletic, you can be a pretty good golfer. But mm-hmm. when you go to a Myrtle Beach course with that's really nice and you lose about 40 balls in the first four games you play, you realize where you stand. <laughs> but it was Might fun. Might not be as good fun. as I thought it That's right. That's right. But it was fun. Wait to get up to another level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe some golf lessons in my spare time coming up. I don't know. <laughs> maybe start an outside business with that, right? Oh, maybe. I have to learn it first, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. No, that, that's awesome. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to plug anything else for, for, your, for your businesses? And the, how can they find you through real estate? Uh, Royal Page Brant Realty is yeah. the company I work for in Brantford, and mm-hmm. we're located on Holiday Drive, 18 Holiday Drive in Brantford. Mm-hmm. And go on the Royal Page website and look us up. Um, and MLS, I'm work 
mostly in Brant County and uh, selling homes and representing buyers there. It's just as important to have a realtor working for you when you're buying a house as it is for when you're selling because you need someone on your side to work for you. So that's about at least half my business is with buyers and new mm -hmm. buyers. I'm also registered as a seniors uh, sales representative. So nice someone who can work with seniors and understands the benefits for them of working a certain way and helping them through the transaction because it's complicated. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. they haven't sold a home in a long time, a lot's changed and there's a lot of pitfalls. So it's, mm -hmm. it's good to have somebody who knows what they're doing. So okay. that's one of the training courses I've done with them. Yep. Awesome. And uh, which markets do you specifically work on usually? Yeah, mostly in Brantford and Brant County. Okay, uh, yeah. Enough. So everything from condominiums to farms. Sure. I've sold everything in, in between, and uh, I just like working with people. And you know, everybody has a special interest in their own home and likes to talk about it. And that's what I sure. like hearing everybody's stories and and how they got to where they are and uh, what they want to do next. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the Calendar Club and uh, like what, what are some of the things that are trending with the stuff that's happening with that because I mean it's it's an ever-changing business but it seems like a lot of that stuff is sort of going away because it's well you know what nice thing about a calendar yeah. is that everybody needs a new one every year that's true <laughs> right Maybe so it's just like with food or something like that right? <laughs> that's right so um so we carry calendars for everything you could ever think of I don't know if you've ever been in one of our stores we have everything have from actually, a yeah. from a kiosk yeah. mm -hmm. right up to a several thousand square foot store I haven't been to the big one like that and um we have uh, every dog breed you can ever imagine, no way. every type of animal, every hobby, every place. There's something for everyone. Very so somebody comes into yeah. Like so it. somebody comes into the store near Christmas and they're stuck because Uncle Bob they don't know what to get them. And well, does he like fly fishing? You know, we have fly fish. Does he like golf? Does he? What kind of humor does he have? All that yeah, stuff. Yeah. We have we have something for everyone. Um, we also sell games. Board games are getting big again now. It just seems to be the last few years. There's been a lot of new ones and a lot of neat twists on games. So. Got a lot of board games and a lot of toys in the store as well. Um, we don't offer as big a selection as some of the other big mm -hmm. retailers because sure. we are just uh, mostly seasonal, mm -hmm. but we have a great selection of the most popular stuff. And uh, almost every mall in Canada will have a Calendar Club store in it at some point or another, so mm -hmm. you can find them. Calendar Club, I think it's, is it counterclub.ca? I think you can find us Something at. Like that yeah, yeah, and uh, they'll tell you where all the stores are that are currently open. There's probably somewhere close to 20 open in Canada right now through the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the ones I look after is in Lime Ridge Mall in mm -hmm. Hamilton. So you can go and visit us there. We're on the top floor um, near the Sears, former Sears one, store. So yeah, yeah. Okay. so uh, that's one of the stores in my portfolio. And it's a good selection. They've got pretty much everything we carry in mm -hmm. that space mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, it seems like you're a very like rounded guy and you're very planted into the community and I, I love the fact that you're you're able to you know set up this, this life for yourself where you're involved in so many different things yet you're, you're still able to keep your sanity kind of more or less I've, how, I've, how do you do it man? I've never <laughs> been somebody to put all my eggs in one basket yeah like, fair enough. like yeah. if something were to crap out tomorrow Definitely I've got not. something yeah, else especially with everything yeah, you have I've going got on something yeah. else to, yeah. to carry on with but it also has to be all something within my control, right? Mm -hmm. I never overcommit myself, so I've got to be three places at the same time. Maybe two, because sometimes I can do that, but not, not any more than that. Roots, right? Yeah, the, you just have to. Approach it. Yeah, and even when people are looking at getting into something else and they may be a little hesitant about it or, or unsure of a decision to make, and there's that old saying, uh, the grass isn't always greener mm -hmm. on the other side of the fence. Right. I think it's all relative. It just depends on how green the grass is on your side, because if you're in a job that's maybe making some good money, but you're just not happy, 
Um, I could have done a lot of things that make me more money than I'm doing now. Right. But I like each one of the one of the things that I'm doing, so mm -hmm. that helps that way. Do you feel like the, the fact that you bring that you know love into what what it is that you do to some extent helps you? As well? Try to, and yeah. it's especially in the retail end of things, it's it's tough to motivate staff to do the same job you're doing mm -hmm. if they don't have the same passion or, or sure. love for it, right? Yeah. Especially in the in a mall where some days it's not very busy and you're yeah. just kind of standing around waiting for people to come in, trying not to talk on your phone. And yeah, so there's right. some challenges with that too, but. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love to thank you. I think that you're a really fascinating person. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact, like I was saying, you're very involved with your community. You're doing a lot of different things and you're definitely keeping it interesting for yourself because it, it seems like you never really have a dull moment in your life. And uh, the fact that you're able to, you know, do stuff like this is really awesome because it's definitely helping out our show and I think that you know it's it, it was sort of a blessing to to run into you because we love to meet fascinating people and we love to meet interesting people and we love to talk to them about th their stories and how you know it's benefited them in terms of them growing as, as a person them them growing as, as a business what sort of advice would you give to yourself you know if you were 20 years old right now if with was, all the experiences that, you, that you've had don't so do far, it don't, don't do it, do it. <laughs> you heard it here first I, don't do it if i was when i was 20 <laughs> yeah. i i don't know i or I'd 25 just say, year old i don't know just be, be what would you be with the, just the more sensible version of yourself be prepared for the plan to change right. i think right yeah. i have so yeah. many friends i went to university with who are not doing anything like what they did in university. They right. thought they had it all yeah. figured out yeah. and they're completely something different and they love mm -hmm. what they do. So yeah, I just think you gotta be ready for anything. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do, but yeah. Mm -hmm. well, what's the what's the mental approach to that? You just, just do it kind of thing? or Keep what? an open mind yeah. and don't get caught up with tunnel vision, that's all. There's opportunities everywhere mm -hmm. and um, yeah. Sometimes you gotta take a chance and just be prepared. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure talking yeah. to you. Yeah. It was a pleasure, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have way, way more different shows. And, uh, you know, we'll try to bring in more different guests. Uh, we'll try to bring more influencers. But we'd like to thank Matt for, for coming in today. Is would uh, like to thank him for, for this this piece right <laughs> here again, once again. Uh, you've been awesome. And thank you. For, thanks for coming today. Thanks again. Yep. Bye-bye.